Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead. Take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. This is The View from the Gladys Street, a podcast by the fans for the fans, as we go on the terraces to discuss all the big talking points at Everton Football Club. Hello there, it's the Everton Fan Podcast, it's The View from the Gladys Street, a little later than normal this week, but with two games in the space of a week, as well as tonight being deadline day, we thought it was best to react to it all in one show. Plus, if we did the show on Monday after the Millwall result, I don't think we could have heard what was actually said. Anyway, I'm your host, Ian Kroll, and my guests today include regular Rob Astle. You alright, Rob? Evening, mate, okay? I'm good. I'm making only a second appearance on the show. We have Gary Callahan. You're right, mate. And my third guest, we have Connor O'Neill. Um, just a reminder, the last time Gary was on the show, he said if Everton beat Liverpool in the Merseyside derby, he will propose to his girlfriend. As we know, Everton lost. So, Gary, are you single? No, I went through with it. Oh, well. She said, yeah. Wow. Even though Everton didn't win the derby? Yeah, yeah I had to. <laughs> um, all right, then. Now that we've got the important stuff out the way. Let's move on to Evan. Um, today's agenda it includes a bit of transfer talk, the Millwall reaction, Huddersfield reaction, a bit of a Wolves preview, and of course, we'll finish on the fan podcasts. Um, currently, it's about half five on deadline day, and by the time this show goes out, we won't be as certain to whether there's going to be any ins or outs of the club, but the main purpose of the show tonight is really to just look back at the past week and ahead to Wolves. But first, we will talk through transfers. Um, Connor, there's obviously not as busy as it has been over um, the past couple of years in terms of um, January deadline day. The, the main players at the moment are obviously Adrissa Gay potentially going to PSG and Michi Batswai potentially coming into Everton. But, you know, it's it's already been reported that Everton have stood firm and, are, you know, not going to sell a guy. And I think Batswai has been, um, he could be off to West Ham or Real Betis on loan. Um, so the two names... Obviously, that I've been linked. What, what do you make of that situ- situation with guys? He's put a transfer request in, hasn't he? He's, you know, he wasn't included in the team on Tuesday. Are we, are we keeping a player here who doesn't want to be there? Should we, should we sell? Should we have, you know, sell him tonight? Well, I think if these have offered more than twenty-one million in their initial bid, mm-hmm. we probably would have been talking about the risk not being at the club at the minute. I think these have offered thirty plus. He probably would have sold them there and then. Obviously, he's made it clear that he didn't want to be at the club. He's, he's handed in a transfer request and so on. So, I think it's a, kind of one of them. It'll be an if, but a maybe. I, still, I think he'll be with us. He'll stay with us. I don't think he'll leave now. I mean, they've been quite firm, haven't they, Everton, in that? He's the adamant he's going nowhere. And I think they've got to carry on with that stance now because if they don't... People will just say, well, nothing's changed here in the last 10 years. We're, we're still getting to deadlines. I don't want to sell our best players, but ultimately, they always seem to find a way out the door. We've seen it time and time again. I've been like Mikel Arteta. Um, you know, even Lamar Lukaku was, was a bit of a drawn-out saga, wasn't it, in yeah. the end? And I think, ultimately, the, the only way that the club can show that they've changed is by standing firm and, and sort of knocking back any any offers. In terms of Mitchie Bash, why? 
I don't really think we were ever in for him. Mm. If I'm being honest, I think. I think Chelsea wanted a I think thirty it, million pound bid. I, I think it was more pedal from his agent and Chelsea than Everton. You know, Everton. People have put two and two together and thought, well, Everton needs a forward. He's available. He does not. He's not wants to Valencia. It make perfect sense. But I don't think we were ever really in for him. And that again, there's, there's just firm denial that they're not even interested. I mean, I seen the last I saw was that Sky were reporting and I know the Echo reported as well that they've got no interest in them so it's not even as if like oh well they're, they're open to maybe a loan move or not there's, there's no interest so I think that tells you everything needs to know on where we are on down deadlines eh, when it, as far as everything concerns Robert are we making the right decision then for both of those players keeping keeping Guy so close to the, the deadline as well as not spending 30 35 million on that's why I think I think I think that's why you know definitely I don't think I don't think he's worth 35 million you know, we pay. We only paid twenty-eight million for Romelu Lukaku, and this lad isn't as anywhere near as prolific as as he was. Um, I did champion Batshuayi, I think, uh, a few podcasts ago, but I think our circumstances have changed now. Um, if we were still in the cup, I'd be like, yeah, let's go out and get you know a goal scorer in, or someone who we think can help score us goals. Season's a bit of a dead rubber now, isn't it? And there's, what's the point in spending money on what's potentially a short-term fix? You know, it's, again, it's a lot of money that we've been told that we haven't really got. I'm quite pleased that the club have stood firm so far in regards to just a gay as well. Um, you know, it, I, I agree with what Connor said there. Anything over thirty million, I think we'd be t- uh, talking differently over it. But at the same time, it. He, he is one of our better players, but if that was to free up funds in the summer where we can use, spend it more wisely, if you like, then, you know, so be it. Like I said, there's nothing to really for us to play for now. Mm. So if we can kind of like use like a, like a, like a pre-plan, you know, to, to make to make way for, for uh, you know, get wages off the bill and not now so we can attack it straight away in the summer, great. But if he's staying sound, if he's not, sound that's I think that's where I'm at with it really it's yeah. it's if if the deal works for the club sound you know if it's 30 million plus I'd, I'd, to be honest with you I'd probably bite their hand off mm. but if he stays we've still got an half decent midfielder there okay say like, obviously I've told you the time that we're recording this po- podcast but say if PSG come in with a you know an 11th hour bid of 35 40 million Gary um and Everton just think that's too good to turn down. That's not really going to leave much time to replace. So you would expect we're just going to have to keep that bank, that money, keep it for the summer. So really, you know, the midfielders that we've got now, who's who's the replacements? Well, I think McCarthy would be, for me, I know it, we were talking about it the other week that he's sort of like like for like for him. I think he could come in if we can get him fit, but it's a big if because he's never been fit. But like the lads have just said, I think if we got more money for Gay, then then we'd sell him. I think 30 or 40 million would be a good deal, just bad timing because mm. obviously we can't replace him. But um, I'm happy to keep him. I, I, and I, like, like they just said, if we got more money, then sell him, maybe bank it for the summer. But I think we've got... We've got a replacement in McCarthy and I know Davies played quite well against Huddersfield the other day. Um, so maybe they could come in and do, do a job if we got the right bid. But at the minute, I wouldn't sell them for 20 million good. I think I think what the three comments here have said, like what, kind, what it kind of proves is like the apathy towards the squad at the minute. You know, they really let us down at the weekend and at the end of the day, it's just a guy is part of 
he's part of you know he's an older sign and he's not he's not a Marco Silva sign and don't get me wrong he's been great for us you know he's a snippet seven million but was well, he not our best player up until probably the derby Newcastle went waff, Wofford up until that point I in the season I'd probably say there was a couple of other candidates to be fair but you know he has got his limitations and I, they've picked up on on the other Echo podcast as well his distribution's terrible you know he's good at nipping in again and, and taking the ball but he can he passes sideways or backwards he can't go forward what, mm. what Marco Silva you know we believe once and I think as well because he's part of the old he's, he's part of the like an old, older regime I don't think there's any kind of like love for a lot of these players anymore especially after you know, the, I don't think there's a love for anyone at the moment. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> but at least, but at least you're willing to give the new players a ch- a more of a chance. These players have had three, ma- you know, some of them have had three managers, and they've done, you know, these down tools and and performed poorly for the best part of three, you know, two three years. And is it sorry, is it no coincidence that we've suffered our two biggest defeats of the season? <clears throat> one against Man City, three one. The other against Spurs, six two. When Adrissa Garnagai wasn't in the starting lineup. And that you kind of culminated in the start of the slump. Okay, I know just everyone reverts back to the Liverpool game as the start of the slump, but we drew with Newcastle and drew with Watford. It was when we started playing City and Tottenham when we really started getting hit for six, but quite literally. But they're, but they're, they're one of the you know they're two two out of the three the three of the best teams in the league. Aren't doesn't they? matter though, does it? Still, still conceded those goals. I think if Adrisagana gave us on that pitch, we would have. Especially the Tottenham game. I'm not saying the City game because I don't know. I, I'm a big advocate for Guy, and you know I wanted them to stay. Go on, Connor. You're gonna. I I I just think that you've got to look at isn't that we're a better team win a minute than we're out a minute. And I think whenever you're judging someone or you know an individual in football terms, that's what you've got to go off. I mean, you know, Lukaku. Normally, Lukaku got absolutely battered with criticism when he's at Everton. My God, we were a better team with him as a focal point in the, the front line then we're out of now mm. and I think you know Adrissa Garnagay is, is of similar ilk he's not he's not he's got 30 goals a season but I think we're a better team with him and I think even when we've had them dark times we've been we've struggling he's probably been the shining light a little bit he's always kind of stuck on working hard and, and carried on ploughing mm. along and I, I would be disappointed to see him leave I mean, he could still get a transfer in the summer couldn't he? Yeah we, we might I, I not get 30 well, or 40 it, it might suit all parties from to go in the summer because Everton might turn around and go, well, actually, yeah, you know, you do want to go. We understand that. And it gives them longer to kind of work on building a, being a new replacement instead of the, yeah. the now where it's like you either go with Tom Davis, who, let's be honest, after the Lincoln game two, two three weeks ago, we were all writing off and saying, he, you know, he, he needs to go and play in the championship to, to get some form. So yeah. to go from, he's got to go and play in the championship to rediscover his form too. Oh, he's now going to become, you know, the number one midfielder in the team. There's some, there's some rise and, you know, either then bank on your hopes on James McCarthy, just coming back in, just, come, unfair, just yeah, coming back in like yeah. nothing's ever happened, and you're taking over the mantle of a dressing kind of guy. Which and we know, and we know, you know, coming off a broken leg, you know, Seamus Coleman struggled after a while, so it's unfair to pin it all on McCarthy. But I, I, I mean, I, I said to you tonight earlier, it, it's a case of how do we even get McCarthy back in the team? Because ultimately, you need to ease him, ease him back in. Mm. But how do you do that? Because Doing it is not throwing them in against Manchester City at home on yeah. a Wednesday and Wednesday weeknight when they're going to come with the tails up, potentially knowing that they could, you know, close the gap even further. It's the, it's the, it's the game where they can put pressure on Liverpool. So you're putting them in there and it's, it's totally alien. And I just think it was vital that we kept gay 
not to go through that little that table and kind of sort of sort of problems that that it would bring if he left the club. Mm. I think I think I think if we we had something to uh, to still play for this season, apart from you know personal pride and the, you know a couple of league places, I think I'd probably feel a little bit differently towards it. I think, but. You know, it's it's going through the motions now for us between mm-hmm. now and between now and May, isn't it? And you know, we, we we can maybe walk get a European place by default in in seventh if we finish seventh. Look what happened last time when we had yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know what I mean. Feasible, it's, it's, you know, it's it's. I think that's why I'm kind of like, I th- I, he is vital to our team. You know what I mean? He, he is good at what he does. He has got his limitations, which have been well documented as well. I just think if we get the right money for him, you know. Why not? Just yeah, in the summer, like like we just said, it could be a, a good deal, thirty or forty million pounds. It's just right now we can't afford to to let them go with like six or seven hours or maybe less of the transfer window to go. We, it's just not it's not the right time to, to sell. PSG made a mistake then, like because there's been reports linking them with like a move to PSG for for weeks, but Everton hadn't actually received a, an offer. Yeah, I think they were just open that with a man and a transfer request in it forced our hand, but obviously. It's a good sign that for once we're saying no, we want to keep Very our best sign. players and, and we are this time, hopefully. I, I think as well, it's the games we've still got to play, isn't it? Because, you know, we've, I, I agree with Rob that our season is over, but we've still got some massive games to play. Good yeah. and we've still got to play, you know, City, United. We've got a big say in the title pool. race effect, haven't we? Yeah, yeah but, but there are also games where if you don't really care and you don't go in there really that bothers, you can get steamrolled like we did against Spurs, which... Just does no one no good, does it? Because that just causes for me that the, was the that was like the start of the you know co- no confidence and yeah. slump really. Like, but, but what I'm saying is, if we don't go with a proper attitude and we don't go with our best team against them teams we've got to come, we will get steamrolled like we have done. I mean, you know, we could easily lose five 0 to Liverpool, five 0 to City because we've seen that this team's capable of. Mm. Yeah, sort of it, it's fragile, isn't it? Fragile when it gets go, the going gets tough. So you've got to kind of keep your best players and try and build some momentum not to be on the wrong side of them absolute hammerings alright then to finish uh, off on that segment of the transfer uh, transfer window the, it's our understanding that uh, Balassi could be on his way to Anderlecht and Cuco Martina is on his way back to Goodison but don't worry he's also <laughs> coming back just to go to Feyenoord I just so. literally read on Twitter just as we started as well Fiorentina want to make Kevin Morales' deal permanent which is brilliant news for everybody <laughs> Well, just, it, just quickly it though, how many people's hearts skipped a beat when they read the top line? Oh, no, it was crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, 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 absolutely. I, I, I mean, I actually never seen, I seen Paul Drew's tweet first saying Kuko Martinez being recalled by That's the That's what I saw first. And my heart skipped a beat and I thought, oh my God. Did you just think because of the left <laughs> back situation? situation. Yeah. <laughs> and it's only when I read on, I thought, oh, yeah. <laughs> I realised then and I think there was an article from the Echo straight away and but yeah, I kind of got a little bit done by that one. No, no, I did as well. Clickbait that, didn't it? It, it, <laughs> well, it was a tweet at first. <laughs> so you, did, you only had to click on a tweet, you didn't have to click on a link. Um, all right then, to uh, what has been a very mixed week of results, uh, Rob, where where are you with it now? Millwall, obviously, in our Huddersfield that we've had in the past week. Um, I think the Millwall game was nothing short of a disgrace from, from all sides, really, from... Um, you know, from the management side and the team, more so the team, if I'm being honest. There was a lot of comments after the match about um, our inability to defend set pieces. Um, 
because obviously we, we can see they had three goals on goal they scored three times and it was I'm going to put it out there I don't think it was down to zonal marking or anything like that what caused them problems I genuinely think it was a complete lack of desire and respect for Millwall yeah um well, we were getting kicked all over the park from Millwall. From we didn't go, right, yeah. we didn't. Yeah, we didn't seem like to have everyone the seemed we, to know they were going to make it ugly. Apart from the apart eleven from we sent on the pitch, yeah. and, and it, they just weren't up for it. Yeah, no. you know, and, and it showed. I think Richarlison in the first half got absolutely hauled down, and and it was just like, right, this is this is the tone of the game now, and we just didn't rise to the occasion, and we didn't show Millwall enough respect. And at the end of the day. It, we should be wiping the floor with teams like that. They at the end of the day, they're not even playing for like a playoff position in the championship. They're fighting relegation. Yeah. So people can blame Zonal Mark and all they want, but to me that wasn't the problem on on um it on was Saturday. Part of the big problem. <laughs> it it was purely a lack of desire from, from, from the players and leading on to them Wednesday, it turned into a must win in a way because if you carry on on this kind of slump for silver really it was for silver yeah yeah and i'm not saying he was close to the sack but things wouldn't have been great with it especially with the fans towards him anyway um but you know we got the win it was ugly you know it wasn't great it should have been a lot more comfortable i think than than it was but um it keeps us in touch with seventh on it at the end of the day that's i mean it's it sounds sad saying that keeps us in touch with seventh but at the end of the day, we should be playing AFC Wimbledon in the cup next in, in the next couple of weeks, not Millwall. But well, Gary, you and Rob there have just kind of alluded to the fact that it was down to the desire, effort. <clears throat> Everton players just didn't seem to want to know. That's obviously your your opinion. But can we not have any, you know, bugbears, complaints, whatever, for the handball and the yeah. fact that VAR is only be used in a selection of games in the FA Cup but didn't seem to be used yeah, well definitely used in like the, obviously that did the goal against us like I think we should have had two penalties and obviously their goal shouldn't have been allowed but we can't we can't make excuses because we it shouldn't have got to that point anyway we shouldn't be conceding three goals against hmm. a, a, a relegation friend championship side it just shouldn't come to that in the first place so although you know we were un- unlucky if you like um it's not it's not a good enough excuse I don't think what one one point that I picked up on after the game on on, on the Sunday morning and I, I didn't even realise this the reason why VAR wasn't used was because Millwall didn't have the facilities to do so now if you're in the football league and you've not got the facilities to use VAR throw it, should you be in the competition? Yeah well teams are uh, well, not allowed to be promoted because of the size of the stadium you know, I, I, I didn't know that was the, the reason but Surely that goes down the league as well. There's there's going to be League Two teams. There's going to be exactly. conference teams I, 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 in the cup. I, I, I was a similar in that. It's because Championship clubs won't have VAR anyway because they can't afford it. But at the same time, though, it's such a big if, investment for the football league to make that. If if they want to play in competitions where VAR well don't have VAR full stop in it in the FA Cup then if mm. that's the case yeah, because them, because them club because them clubs haven't got the ability to use it so it's an unfair what deems to be an unfair advantage. For, for those who've got it surely in exactly. the you know and it could have really helped us I mean it could have worked the other way as well of course it could have but you know they had, they had two screens either side of the ground didn't they and you had the Millwall manager shouting them to get it off because they were showing the replay that it had done so if if they if they can't afford or for, for whatever reason can't afford to put VAR in 
you either shouldn't be in the competition or you don't have VAR at all. It's one. It's one or the other. You can't pick and choose really what games get given it. I'm sorry, you, you, it's, it doesn't work like that. Imagine having the entire of the World Cup with VAR and then thinking, you know what, for the final we'll leave it. Stadium. Even without the VAR, though, the referee went over to the linesman. Yeah. After and, the and goal, because he was looking for an offside. But wasn't he? was it not just because the handball? No, he was well. looking for an offside. I d- I think they knew something was amiss even beforehand. I did. I think they knew. Well, I know Rob hates every single referee and linesman in the world anyway, and they've just gone and. Proved how bad they are again, really, haven't they? I just thought yeah. it was, regardless of our performance, it was a disgraceful decision. It was, it was, it was, it was disgusting. But like Gary said, you know, we shouldn't have been in that position. We should have been out of sight. They yeah, shouldn't, I mean, they shouldn't I, have been allowed them chances. I, I, I actually was of the belief after the game that if Silver come out and starts more about the lack of VAR, then it's, it was a coward's way out. Mm. Because, <clears throat> but play, teams can play bad though and still win, can't they? Be, yeah, because. Even even if that goal doesn't go in, and, and you know it, it gets chalked off rightly for our ball, we still draw two two. Still bad results. We were still terrible. You know, but you're still in the cup, aren't you? Yeah, but you we, say you say sorry, you say that, but there's no guarantees that Millwall would have scored the third from because it was the second goal that he scored it from, wasn't it? Yeah, in, in terms of the, the but, process but, but, of play. But, Millwall also say, well, if our goalie would have saved, you just wouldn't have scored the first goal. If our goal, you know, it's 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 because it would have shown it is no, no, I, I understand. I, I think. For us, it's it's an easy way out to talk about the referee. What we need to look at is what you know was alluded to earlier. That why didn't why didn't the eleven players who went out there know what they were in for? Why weren't they thinking we need to roll our sleeves up here, and pull our socks up because this is going to be our games? Where they, 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 they'd even it's said mud. it. They, the manager you know, had even said it before. Yeah, as soon as the draw yeah. got made, everyone I know involved with the Liverpool Everton fan or whatever was like oh, it's to be a tough game now no one wants to go to Millwall which is exactly why it was on BBC yeah you know no one yeah, wants to go to they expect, they you you know, no one wants to go to Millwall which they don't no, no one wants to go to Millwall so <laughs> even Millwall fans yeah, so it's it's the fact that everyone knew everyone alluded to it but yeah the 11 players who went out there just look like they, they look like they were rabbits in the headlights if like oh you know this isn't and I actually thought with a team selection not playing Bernard Silver thought that himself a little bit. He thought, or oh, maybe this isn't the type of game where Bernard's going to be able to get the ball down and play and yeah. do a little flick at all. I'll be honest, I don't want to criticise the team because beforehand, full strength, I, yeah. I thought this is the team that I wanted. Mm. This is, other than maybe two or two up front, like yeah. a 4 4 2, that was maybe the only thing other than. But everyone was calling Calvert Lewin at the top, everyone was calling for Richarlison on the left, Luckman on the right, um, and then obviously, probably the team then picks itself. So I had no complaints whatsoever with the starting line, which is why it was very. I know managers can motivate players, and there's obviously there is that aspect as well, but I had no complaints from, from Silver, and I didn't think it was his fault. And as Rob said and Gary said, it is down, to, it was probably down to the players as well, which is mm-hmm. kind of being the. You know, the thief the of the whole yeah. season, really. Mm. Connor, just anyone can answer this should go and manage Everton, really, and, you know, hopefully win as a trophy. But this is going to be the longest ever period that Everton have never won a trophy. How do we win a trophy? <sighs> That's just a million dollar question. I don't think anyone knows the answer to. I mean, you, 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 I mean, it was only the other, I think Monday night when I looked at the draw to see what it was. And I seen the teams we were left in it. And I thought, my God, like well, the draw, again, the, draw, and, the draw would have been kind. To uh, you know what I mean? And the fact that Chelsea are going to play Man United, yeah. so there's you know, there's another one out. So you just thinking to yourself, you know, that's another missed opportunity. But the three we, hardest teams are Chelsea, United, or four. Um, City are still in, aren't they? Yeah, and yeah. Palace. Sorry, there's the four. So surely 
we would have had a very good chance. Yeah. Uh, uh, in terms of how we win a trophy, you don't know, do you? Speechless. <laughs> it is because we, we've kind of seen every reason and every way how not to how not to win a trophy because we've kind of produced that over the years, haven't we? So how we win a trophy, I just don't know. I honestly just don't know. I mean, it, it, the only the only kind of question mark he could say is you know in the past it's been weak in teams but like we said earlier we played a strong team on Saturday and still got beat so we can't even throw that one out there you can't we can't mm-hmm. throw that tag out of like oh well you know we need to start taking it more seriously you know the League Cup for instance we need, we probably do need to take that more seriously from the, mm. the the lesser teams we tend to put out in that but I think whoever knows the answer to that question will make himself a very rich man I think if you I think as well I think I know it's been a long time since you've won a trophy but if you look at the last 10 years right of who's won the FA Cup and who's won the League Cup in majority of the top six yeah you know what I mean it it, it turns into at the end of the day the likes of Man City right can put out a second string of of internet that's better than our first team right so they can do that for the early rounds until you get to the heavy game, you know, just your quarterfinals and semifinals, etc. Right. So when it comes to the the final and that, that they're running, their teams effectively fresh, but we're having to play. We've either got to take the risk of playing a weakened team and going out early, or you're playing your full strength team and having to concentrate on the league as well and burning your players out. Mm. And I'm not, it's not an excuse, but it's it's an insight in it especially when you look at who's won these trophies over the who's won that trophy over the years don't be wrong I know we've got, gotten to a final um, uh, Palace got to the final the other, week, uh, the other year but they still got beat I mean Ch- Chelsea I think uh, Wigan was the last team was it Did they win Wigan was the, the anomaly was the anomaly really a couple of you know Swansea, Birmingham I think haven't they as well obviously Leicester won the league but probably look at where, where those teams are now a lot of them are you know what not I mean? even in the Premier League yeah and but generally it's been your top six you know, I mean, Arsenal have won it. How many times have Arsenal won the FA Cup this, the, the past 10, 10 years? 10 years two or three, you know, yeah, you know, it's, it's a, it, it, I think what you've got to do is, and I think Martin, Martin has had it right that second to last year, last year, whatever it was, when he basically went for all the trophies, he went for the FA Cup, he went for the, he went, tried mm-hmm. to get as far in Europe and he went for the League Cup. You know what I mean? He, he made a point of saying, we need a trophy on the wall yeah, yeah. And, and I think as well if he's been a little bit more streetwise and we were used to be in them situations we probably would have done got at least one final that year because, but he wasn't smart enough no, to, to know how to defend when we went to City we moved 2-1 up and Barkley scores after 20 odd minutes instead of then saying shutting up right, shop we're, yeah. we're going to shut up shop now and defend we were still trying to play the open advance yeah. of football that had got us there and it just left us wide open, wide open it, yeah, so to, well, we were a penalty kick away from Obviously, Lukaku's missed penalty in the semis from playing Crystal Palace in the final. Was it that they played Crystal Palace in the final? Yeah, that was that year. Yeah, that so was that year. Crystal Palace in the final. Do you know what I mean? It's just know. typical Everton, nominee penalty kick away from playing Crystal Palace in the final. Yeah, yeah. and even even that one, the Man City one, the ball goes out. Ball goes out. The ball goes out, the ball goes yeah. out and it's we they play down, didn't they? Yeah. Scores off it. All right, it's an impossible question to answer. I, I understand that, so we'll move on to to Huddersfield. Um, Rob the. Huddersfield game then I mean personally me I would rather have won the Millwall game and got beat Huddersfield but you know it is what it is it's life but you know we won so um, positive to take from that um, you know Davis Tosin seemed to yeah play v- play very well on Richarlison that's got to be his position now on the left he can't left, yeah. he can't go back up front can he 
definitely. You know, he's it, it's a it's a tried and failed experiment, I suppose. This centre forward, this number nine role for a Charleston. He's too lightweight, and that's no fault of his own. He, you know, he's a he's a skillful Brazilian player. He's not going to be you know a big target man or anything like that. Um, but yeah, stick him. I keep him out on the left because that's obviously where we're getting the best of him. Um, like I just said before, it was an ugly win on on Wednesday, and I think we needed that. It wasn't like just pleased me in a way that we we were we, we showed some resilience and as soon as we went to ten men, yeah, as soon as we went to ten men, you thought, oh, where we go? And you know, I thought Kurt Zuma was 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 magnificent. Um, same with Michael Keane. Um, Shame for Baines as well. <clears throat> but a big shame, yeah. You know, let's hope, well. let's hope, let's hope, you know, it's not too serious and he can be fit for Saturday. Otherwise, you know, it, you know we're obviously short in that position. But yeah, it was a good win. And I think, what are we, ninth now? Eighth? Ninth, eighth, yeah. eighth, eighth. You know, we're in touch with seventh still, you know, finishing as we possibly can. Um, I think Wolves, isn't it, next? So we're yeah, one point behind can, or two points behind Wolves. So if they beat us, though. On it's, Saturday, it's going to be five points. It's, yeah. Even at this stage of the season, it's going to be a yeah. lot, isn't it? Um, so, you know, to catch up on. I think let's just try and finish the season as strong as we can now um, and make sure Liverpool don't win the league. <laughs> if we get to do our bit, yeah. do our yeah. bit for the world. Well, <laughs> um, Gary, we're happy, happy with the resilience that we showed against Huddersfield. I mean, we went down to 10 men. Obviously, we won nil up. You know, the last 15, 20 minutes, they kind of bombarded us, didn't they? And Pickford made one or two good saves. Yeah. So, you know, that's got to be something to shout about, hasn't it? That yeah, we just definitely. didn't fold over. I think that's probably the most pleasing thing from it is the clean sheet and the resilience. And I think, like people have been saying on the past few podcasts about having leaders and I think putting Baines back in the team, I think it's not a coincidence that we kept the clean. I know we went off. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I can even that we were better defensively, that we had a leader and someone who like knows what it's all about, you know what I mean? So, yeah, the, the most pleasing thing from it was the clean sheet and scrapping it out and, and having a bit of resilience, yeah. I'm gonna. I'm just going to uh, like put it out there to you all on about about Wednesday as well. I think that team, that defence struggles without Michael Keane. Against Lincoln, Michael Keane didn't play. Hmm. Got pampered with set pieces and we struggled with them in Mill against Millwall, conceded for three set pieces. Do you think he's the one who shows the more leadership qualities I, then in that? Yeah, in that back yeah, four. He's I like do. a typical English centre half and he'll yeah. put, his, put his head where, where it can't really. Yeah. And I, I think like Zuma and Mina, they're good on the ball and you like people have said in the past, they'll split and they'll pass it off from the back, but Keane will do what a centre half does and I think he's shown that more this season. Okay, Connor, in the grand scheme of things then, I've got a little stat here for you from your mate Paul Joyce. This past couple of seasons, obviously not really to shout about, but after the past five seasons, Everton, after 24 Premier League games, in 2014-15 season, they had 27 points. That was under Martinez. 2015-16 season, 32 points. That was under Martinez. 2016-17 season, they had 40 points under Cumin. Last season, which is the 2017-2018 season, they had 28 points, Cumin on holidays. So after 24 Premier League games this season, Silva's got 33. Is that is that any you know comparison? Can you pick any positives from that to say, well, look where we are now compared to what has happened over the past couple of seasons? Yeah, it's definitely things are positive this season. I mean, you know, it's, it's not gone as smoothly and as the plans what we hoped. But is, is expectation being considering we went at one point in in the table sixth? Mm. Do you think well, that was a bit of a hindrance? That's more been than the anything? thing, hasn't it? I think we rolled a little bit, so we kind of, we started off okay. But we, were, we were vulnerable defensively, we were throwing away leads. I mean, you look at the Bournemouth game, 
Wolves, we were giving away leads. Then we kind of tailed off a little bit and struggled. I think the Huddersfield and the West Ham game. The West Ham game was a big one, wasn't it? Yeah, and then we kind of got it back together and shot up the table and put a good run of form together. And then since then, it was a little bit hit and miss. And then obviously the Spurs game come and kind of crushed our season a little bit. Um, but I think there's positives in terms of the recruitment. I think the, the players who we brought in the summer have made a massive impact and, you know, really, really helped us improve. Mm. You know, you look at Dina, you know, I know Bain's done well, but I think Dina's been probably our player of the year so far. Kurt has done well. Andre Gomez, obviously, I know he's tells us the last couple of weeks, but again, you know, has made an impact with Charleston, Bernard has shown flashes. So I certainly think there's there's, there's positives and the signs. And I think what that's, that shows there as well is that there's a little bit of stability. I mean, I'm, I mean, I was quite vocal with a couple of nights ago on Twitter saying, no, we shouldn't sack him because we need a bit of stability and it get us nowhere. And you look at them seasons where we're on low points, it has either been, you know, kind of all all's not well in terms of the Martinez last season where by all accounts it was going dramatically wrong from a very, very, from pre-season almost and that it kind of just took six months to curtail because we used to show flashes now and then and they had the Kaku's goals that helped them and obviously last season you know again it was just chaotic wasn't it you went from the, the Koeman to Unsworth to Allardyce yeah. you know it was it was everything and it? it was everything that was sort of chaotic but was it was everything that kind of was being wrong with Everton in recent years so I think them stats there back up that the little bit of stability we have had this season has paid dividends and you can look at it and think of it ways where we can improve, where we can kick on, and I think it's a solid, a solid base to build on. Uh, Gary, is Silva not like a bit of a, a victim of the, of the league table? As, when I say that, I mean like from seventh, probably down to like thirteenth. You could win one game and you could go back to seventh. You could lose a game and you could go to thirteenth, couldn't you? So. You know that doesn't help, does it? There's no, there's no balance. Obviously, if you win games, you're going to start picking up points. But at the moment, when we lose a game, you know, there's a bit of a, you know, shelf no, for, for Silver to go. Definitely, isn't it? I think like they don't say the Premiership's the most competitive league in the world for no reason. Yeah. It is like it, there's no easy games, and um, like, there's games we should have won or got points out of that we haven't. But I mean, he's he's a new manager. I mean, you look at look at Sarri at Chelsea. I don't think anyone expected Bournemouth to beat them four 0 last night. You look at Emery at Arsenal. Things aren't all champagne and roses for them. So. We've, we've got to give them time like like they've just said the players we've signed are good players and we're still the best of the rest we're still seventh so I, I don't think it's it's all doom and gloom and like you say it, maybe it's close it's tight if we do win a few games which we're capable of doing because we've done it earlier in the season mm. We, I mean I know we can only play for seventh but you know like we just said finish the season as strongly as we can and, and see where we go from there there's there's no need to start knee-jerking it and saying sack him now it's, he's only had half a season it's you're right in what you've just said. It's, it's the, the league. Maybe he's a victim of, of how close the league is this season, and and one game can lift you three or four places or drop you three or four places. But you have to look at United, don't you? I mean, you know, when Mourinho towards the end of his reign, they were in ruins and he was struggling massively. You know, Solskjaer's come in and won six games on the bounce in the Premier yeah. League, and all of a sudden now, you know, it's champions. The, the, the top fours. That a win from four. The, the top fours yeah. on, you know, and like you know, back in December when Mourinho was there, the top four hopes were gone. You know, people writing them mm. off, saying, "Oh, they might struggle to even make the Europa League at this point." Mm. You know, they put six wins together, and, and now they're on the brink of the top four. And mm. I think I've always felt that every manager is a victim of the league table because 
I remember a couple of years ago with Stoke when Pulis was there and we were advocating that Tony Pulis should be ever manageable. They were about ninth, I think, or tenth. And a lot of their fans were basically looking at it saying, oh, if only we had an Andrew who was more attacking minded, mm. we could bridge the top seven here, we could put a run together to get, in the, the, you know, the, to get sixth, seventh. Pulis ends up losing the job off the back of that criticism. Stoke have never recovered since. No, they're in a different league. Now that, and, yeah. now, and now in the championship, all because the fans got too ahead of themselves looking at the league table. Where's what they should have done? It's similar to what Bournemouth fans do. When no matter where they finish, they just look at it and go, "Yeah, but when Eddie also called, we were in League One." So you know, <laughs> the fact that we're even here is is a, is a, is is a masterstroke. So I always feel managers are a victim of the league table because you know Pochettino's the same now. Pochettino has done wonders at Spurs and he's a fantastic manager but yeah people look at it and go yeah but they're not they're on the top two though are they so is he really that no he came out with a crazy shout though that what did he say trophies build egos that was yeah. I'd be annoyed if that yeah, was yeah I think his recent his recent stuff he hasn't helped himself but I mean in the general consensus yeah. of the way he's judged I think you can almost you can almost go too far into looking at the league table no the league table is what it is but I think sometimes you've got to take into context what what's going on around what is, is what is happening behind the scenes almost. I mean, you know, you look at Silver and Marcel Brands when they arrived in the summer. Did anyone really understand the mess that they were inheriting? Because I certainly yeah. didn't. I knew that they were inheriting a bit of a weak squad and it needed you know it improving and stuff like that. But I didn't, but, certainly didn't think we'd finished six or above. Above no, I, but but you look at what's come out since and what Brands and Silver happened to work with. I mean, just that piece alone in the echo last week about how much we're paying the some of the players or yeah. the wage bill. It, it's it's phenomenal, and that's not their fault. That's not Marco Silva's fault. He, he wasn't the man there giving out them mm. contracts, saying, "Oh no, I really want to keep Marcus Snyder, so we'll give him X amount." And you know, Kevin Morales getting a four-year deal yeah. to you know that's not his fault. Other, and other people's mistakes, yeah, as well as doing I, I, his own job. I, I, and that, and that, you got to take that into consideration, haven't you? That a lot of some. Some don't get me wrong, he's not totally immune from criticism because some of the stuff he has done hasn't been great. But I just think it's incredibly harsh to, to tarnish him with everything that's going wrong at the club at the minute because it's months. not his fault. Yeah, I think as well, I think I think Marco Silva, he's the victim at the minute of of two to three years of poor management on and off the pitch and he's trying to resolve it. He's, he's brought still in, trying to get the number 10s we signed three years. Yeah, he's, he's trying to, he's, he's brought in, what's he brought in? Five players, five players who, you know, it's no, it's no secret, they're our top performers this year. Well, four, aren't they? Because Mina hasn't really had to... Yeah, four, four of them, yeah. You know, they're out there, the ones who, you know, we're looking at, like they're Lucas Dean, play, potentially player of the season, Richarlison, to be fair. He's averaging one and two. You know and what I mean? He, and really, and it, he hasn't been great the past couple of games, mainly because he's been played out of position, but he's still been scoring goals. Scoring, scoring goals. Yeah. So, you know, imagine imagine a Marco Silva team with the other six or seven players being his players. You know, it'll probably look completely different and feel completely different. And... It's. I've I banged on about this all season. It's gonna take time, and we were all we were all angry after Saturday. We were all, and, and rightly so. But at the same time, I'm not gonna call for his head because who'd you get in? What you do? What you, you you run the risk of turning into a Stoke, yeah. a Villa, a Sunderland, where you're churning out managers left, right, and centre. Oh, no, it's absolutely, absolutely yeah. pointless. I mean, I've, I've heard people say it, but like yeah. they've got no answer to you when you say you're gonna bring in. No, yeah. I, I think you know the, the other thing as well is is that. You know, now more than ever, the club needs a bit of stability, doesn't it? And he mm. just wants to come in, like Brandon Silver have done, you know, try and work things out, come up with a plan. You know, it's pointless, you know, almost bringing, getting rid of Silver now because the plan that him and 
brands have, must have been working on for the last seven months. Mm. We'll just go in the bin. Yeah. So that's seven months' work basically gone. gone. Yeah. And obviously, the, the big thing well, has always been sort of muted. It happened with Koeman, didn't it, in his first season where they said that they, he come too late to get the transfer targets and that they were well behind in terms of the recruitment because mm. other the clubs, new manager other, by the time he was appointed, other clubs already made a march on the players they wanted. So you would like to think now it, Silver it, and Brands are looking at potential summer targets, yeah, yeah. working on players who they can get, looking at you know who they can bring in, who's available, maybe on loan, stuff like that. You've only got to look as well at, the, at how long it took David Moyes to really install himself as like to, to get Everton into a consistent team you know it was 7th 17th 4th 11th and then it was top 6 top 7th then until he left the club you know it was it, it, that took time I don't wrong there was some there was some bad games up and down you know in, in, yeah. them, in them first first 3 or 4 years yeah, under yeah. Moyes it takes time and he's got finish 17th can you exactly, exactly, imagine you know, if yeah. that happened now with Twitter about exactly <laughs> you know it's <laughs> He'd be handed out within, you know, within yeah. six months, and it, it's, it, 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 I think that's the perfect example of how it does take time. Look, look yeah. at you, look at look at Jurgen Klopp. It took him, it took him the best part of two three years to get Liverpool back to mm-hmm. after the mess they were on. They were left under under, under Brendan Rodgers. Well, he's trying to do all that. Obviously, brands as well. Mm. as well as win Premier League games on a weekly basis yeah exactly yeah, so it's, 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 it's not just about like he's implementing a philosophy with the team but we've got to it might sound stupid but we've got to learn how to spend our money again because we were like yeah. a kid in a sweet shop where we were just buying mm. anything and anyone and under Moyes like I know we, we were sniffing out bargains all the time but he signed players for a reason for a purpose that fitted his, his team do you know mm. what I mean and we, we haven't been doing that we, we just got a load of money and went oh we'll have him, 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 him. and it's like well where do you play them but I don't know. So I'll just I'll just fit them all in just to prove that I needed them all. Mm, yeah. So maybe now we've got a philosophy not just on the pitch but off the pitch as well. And we're going to sign players that we actually need that are actually going to fit in. And like they've just said, that takes time. You can only well, sign players at certain time. Well, it, it, it's it's like you look at David Moyes as Everton as, as a prime example of how you should approach football, shouldn't you? You know that everything was sort of finally done. Yeah. You no know, meticulous. You mm, know. Mm. And I mean. Don't get me wrong, you know, I understand people's opinion on David Moyes, but some of them teams, what Rob talked about there earlier towards the end of his spell, they play some fantastic football. Yeah, did. You know, they, like, you know the, the Lincoln Bain Stephen Beaner partnership down the left was, was fantastic for years, wasn't it? Takes it? You know, time to you know it, yeah. it, it was it was a joy to watch, you know, and it, you know, other players you know, we 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 got other good plays like you know, Nigel Martin, you know, the, the impact he made in two seasons and you you, you look at that and None of that happens overnight. Yeah, and you'd like to think now, bring that forward on the Marco Silva with better players around, yeah. with better resources, will incur better results. I.e. Tro- trophies. There's glimpses of, yeah. of talent that, glim- that he's signed. Yeah, there is glimpses of a good team there. We've played some decent stuff at times this season. It's just it's just certain other aspects of our, our game, which for me comes with the bulk of players there, which, which Trupito probably do need shifting on and moving on can't adapt to at the minute or aren't good enough for so and, and I think it's hard as well isn't it because you know Silver must be stuck a little bit between a rock and a hard place because he obviously wants to install his philosophy and wants the way, the way he wants to play and you can fully understand that why because he must be working on it on a daily basis but when you go through a rough patch as a manager you must be pretty thinking oh do we just go 4-5-1 here yeah. yeah we just you know back to basics yeah. we dog it out here you know and if by doing that sometimes you're kind of shooting yourself in the foot aren't well, you? a lot of people you, have said that haven't you know you, back you, to basics you, 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 work, you work five days a week or four days a week or whatever it is on certain things and certain play and then come to Saturday it's like yeah well we spent I know we spent all the time but 
we can't wait for to lose this game today. So what we're going to do so is we're going to go, we're going to go ten men behind the ball. It was Charleston. Just keep that in the back of your mind. And and digging deep, you know what I mean. But keep that in mind because when we get through this patch. We're going to go back to that philosophy. You can't do that, can you? In the football, it's mm. impossible. So no, I know it's a tough one. It, it is a tough one, and I just think we've got to you've got to stick with them and give them time and, and see what happens. And hopefully we will, which I think we will. Obviously, um, okay. Then to the fan questions, last segment of the podcast. The view from the Gladys Street podcast from the Liverpool Echo. The view from the Gladys Street podcast. Um, Gary Matthew Barry. Um, he was on the podcast a couple of, couple of weeks ago. He said. The current squad have shown over the past three seasons that they severely lack in guts and character. In the summer, do we need to sign players that have these qualities um, or do we need to go for the more cultured, skillful player, similar to maybe what we have now? No, I think we, we need a, a mixture of, of players who've, who've got, like you just said, a bit of skill and flair and we need players like who are going to stick the foot in and, and do the dirty work. Like I think it was mentioned a couple of weeks ago that we... We, we miss a player like Gareth Barry I think I'm, I'm not saying we should go and sign a 35 year old centre midfielder but someone like that you know what I mean like especially if we sell that. if we sell gay in the summer I think we need to we need to bring someone in who's, who's a bit of a you know a bit of a unit and will put his foot in and, and, and do the dirty work definitely I think you can have too much of a good thing and we don't need too many attack and minded players we need someone who's going to fix our problems and at the minute it's, it's conceding goals isn't it and, and not defend them properly so yeah Okay, there you go, Matthew. There's your answer, um, Rob. I mean, Stephen Grady has asked. I don't think obviously it's gonna gonna happen, but basically keep or sell uh, James McCarthy. Keep even in the summer. Uh, reevaluate then. Let's see what let's see what Silver wants to do in regards to to that player in the number six role, um, and then you can kind of judge it from there, really. Um, but definitely keep for now. You know, I know he's nowhere near fit, but. He can still come off the bench and shore things up if needs be and whatnot for the time being until he is fully match fifth. But yeah, okay. There's, there's your answer, Stephen. Um, Connor Martin Jameson. I mean, Rob and Gary touched upon this the Millwall game. Why we lost? But Martin's asked how much of the defeat to Millwall was down to the hostile environment created by the hosts. Well, it probably wouldn't, wouldn't have helped, and you, know, you probably use all the cliches that some of our lads weren't used to that and stuff like that. But. I mean, if we're going to, we're going to sit there and say we lost the game of football because we couldn't handle the, host, the hostile atmosphere, then might as well pack up. We might as well just pack yeah. up and go home, mightn't we? Because you know, <laughs> that you just got to expect that in football, haven't you? You know, big games. I mean, we spoke about this a while ago on a podcast about atmospheres and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah. And you know, if if you know, it's almost as it's almost as bad as when Liverpool were talking about the grass being too long at City. It's just it's pathetic, isn't it? Really, you know what I mean? Ultimately, ultimately, the hostile, um, the hostile atmosphere was the was kind of the problem that was posed. It was, and we lost because we didn't, we weren't able to answer it. That was that's. Basically I, I that's, think, I think as well, we played to the into the hands because yeah. you know you see it time and time again, don't you? The the crowds are rare enough for it, and the, the right up for it, and then the opposition bang gets a goal. And you, you heard the comments say, "Don't know that that silenced the crowd." Mm. But then we, we let them score straight yeah, again. We we didn't have any moments on Saturday where you thought, "Oh, we've silenced the crowd." No, mm. no, because every time we got ourselves in front, five minutes later we were back level, which just eat them up even more. Yeah, which which gives so you know the the set the, the first one goes in, it's like, "Oh, we've got a chance." Yeah, the second one goes in, it's like, "Oh, you know." We've got definitely got it. We can win this now, mm. and and that's what it was, wasn't it? You know, once that second one went in, I mean. I said to someone sitting next to me watching it, I said, 
there'll be another chance here but it'll fall to Millwall because you could just see there was one team mm. who thought we can win this year and one team who looked like they were on the ropes and we were sadly the team who looked like we were on the ropes not really knowing what to do and the free kick gave them the perfect chance with the atmosphere to, to pump a long ball into the box and you yeah, know I think talking about the atmosphere we, we helped create the atmosphere and we, we, we were the masters of our own downfall that was just as simple as we just like we just said we played right into their hands yeah okay Martin there's your answer um, um, good 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 question and uh, detailed answers there um, Rob Steve Davis I don't think it's a snooker player Steve Davis <laughs> uh, but anyway Steve has asked if we don't sign Bachwari in this window which obviously we're not going to who do we persevere with up front is it Tosin or Dominic Carver-Lewin as we've said um, Richarlison's more probably going to play on the left more I think it depends on the game. Why not give them both run, runs out? You know, it, in games where it's going to be a bit open, i.e. Wolves, where they're going to try and play, and we've got the opportunity to get in behind, you'd say Carvalhoon with his pace. But if it's going to be a more physical game where we need a good old-fashioned, you know, number nine where you can hold the ball up, Tosin's probably your answer, so... Both of them, really. I wouldn't. I, I certainly wouldn't write both, uh, write either of them off. But Tosin's certainly played his way into Silver's mind with after the last two performances. You know, come on against Millwall and scored, put in a solid performance. Whereas Calvert Lewin did disappoint himself against Millwall. I thought um, there was reports that he did pick up a knock, a knock before the Millwall game, wasn't? Oh, it? really? Yeah, yeah right, I didn't know. So that, that yeah. I mean, I can confirm that, but I saw that on yeah. Twitter. So whether that contributed or not. It may have played yeah. a part, but if it did, it probably shouldn't have started, really. Yeah, but um, but yeah, definitely use both of them. Okay, there you go, Steve. Um, last question then, Gary. Um, this is a great name, by the way. Dinger Bell <laughs> has asked, I think Fellini is off to China, yeah. but he's asked, if he doesn't go to China, would you have him back? No. Or would you use him as an option? No. No? He doesn't fit in with our style of play. No? Guys? I'm, I'm actually going to... You say yeah? No, I was going to say I was ahead of the game on this one because I said to Paul Wheelock, who you know works for the Echo on Tuesday, was it? Yeah, Tuesday. I actually said to him, "Would you take Fellaini if, if we lost the Dresden Gates at the end of the season?" Right. And he said, "Yeah." Did he? Yeah. yeah. I said no, but I actually said I actually caught that when I seen it. Thought someone who's you know Premier League experience midfielder. You know, could he be an option? Play behind the striker of some sort. Well, know. he could play home Roman field, couldn't he? Play? He's played home Roman field before. Hmm. So, but I actually called that before. All right, I don't brag about it. Just saying. Just saying. What are your thoughts, Rob? Would you would you have him taken back now? Nah, Even for a short short term loan, or I don't. I, you know what? If we were the type of team who like lumped it up, you know, late on to try and. You know, Lacey East to an opposition's goal, mm-hmm. maybe, but we don't. We don't play to them strengths. We don't. Um, he, he's not that kind of player, is he? So, nah, it's a no for me. Okay, well, we'll leave it there. Um, Gary, thanks for coming on. Rob, thanks for coming on. And Connor, thanks for coming on. Um, for those listening, thanks for listening. Um, just remember to subscribe, rate, and review the, uh, the Royal Blue podcast which is on iTunes and the Acast app. The fan podcast will be back next Monday, which is the 4th of February, I think. Until then, goodbye. You've been listening to the View from the Gladys Street podcast from the Liverpool Echo.